By the way, if you have a young one who tends to cry during the service, that's okay. I'm fine with that. I know that a lot of times people say, get them out. No, I love it. I love to hear all that because that shows that there's life here and there's a future here. Um, Hey, I would ask you to do one thing for me, though. Um, Silence your cell phones for me. If you have one, just put it on vibrate. However you need to do it today, just put on vibrate so we don't get a lot of dings and chirps throughout the service. Is that a good one? Dings and do they still chirp? Do our phones still chirp? I don't know. I used to have a cell phone tone that said, warning, it's the wife. And I I had it once and never again. So (laughs) hopefully we won't hear one of those this morning. Okay, this is going to be a good day. I really am, I'm, it's so good to see all of you this morning. I'm going to begin with a story. It was Saturday morning, uh, February the 19th, 2005. Shelly and I were staying with some friends in Victoria. And you know what happens when ministers leave, something usually happens, right? When they just go out of town for the weekend. Well, we were there and we got a phone call. I got a phone call about 6.30 in the morning and... It was a a friend who had been in an accident. He was a fire captain for Station 46, which was an active part of downtown Houston. He'd gone into work early, and just as he did, he said, sure, I'll go with you. He was an hour early. He didn't have to go, but he did. And, And it was a house fire in a very bad part of town, and they thought someone was in, so they went in and were offensive, and they went through the house and were looking around, and things became a little dangerous, and when he noticed things were bad, he sent the two behind him out. He ordered them out, and they both made it out, and he did not. Now, the days, the weeks, and the months that followed was a defining moment for the life of our church in Houston. Grady left behind a wife and three young children, a grieving family, a grieving church, and a grieving city. I don't have really time to explain to you everything that occurred and grew out of that moment. But what I can say is this. Grady's death lifted a church. It inspired a city. And it showed just how important the local church should be. You know, I'm reminded by that moment that what happens here matters. In the midst of the routine worship schedule, in the midst of the, the every Sunday coming and going, whenever we gather, both inside these walls and inside our homes, it matters. When we show up, it matters. When we participate, it matters. The relationships we make, The relationships we maintain and grow and develop, they matter. When we invest in the body of this church family here, when we invest in the body of Christ, it matters. It also matters when we don't. 
when we consider this just to be another option during our ever-growing busy week. It matters when we never fully commit. When we never fully invest. When we're kind of in, kind of out. What happens here matters because in the in between mund- in, in between this this mundane routine of the ordinary and, and and the excitement of the extraordinary that happens, we find that God will give us a clarity of purpose, um, give us a clarity to do more than we ever thought capable of. You know, in the midst of this recurring event here, He will provide us with this with resources to help the ability to encourage faith and passion to bring the gospel to a to a starving world and Grady my friend Grady was very clear about his purpose that day his purpose was to help to save to serve and his death ignited a church i can't explain it but it ignited a church to begin living out its purpose put a spark in me to do the same thing you're gonna have to do my slides for me today john 12 24 says this truly truly i tell you unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies it remains only a seed but if it dies it bears much fruit whoever loves his life will lose it but whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life are you clear about your purpose that's what we've been talking about all month or is there something that is keeping you from fully investing in it And if we knew what God had in store, if we could see a little farther down the track, what would we be willing to sacrifice to see God's purpose become a reality? We've already seen what happens whenever people seek God's purpose for their lives in their church. We see it here. God's done some amazing things here, hasn't He? We talked about it all month long. He's, he's used this church to bring the gospel to people across the globe with Jennifer and Katali. He's used this church family to bring the gospel to this city. You know, good news in the form of, uh, of practical help. Practical help, uh, personal attention. You know, the gospel, it's not just information. We know that. Gospel is, is food. As well, it's clothing. It's transportation. It's, it's seeing each other. As if we're all humans. <laughs> gospel is a way out of addiction. Gospel is a way into life filled with confidence and, and practical necessities that a lot of us take for granted. I mean, what God has done through this church family has fundamentally shaped the city and beyond. But hear me, none of that, none of it would have happened were it not for what we do here each and every week. Our witness to the ends of the earth 
in our city and beyond is a reality because of your faithfulness and the faithfulness of those people who have gone before us. You remember what Acts 1.8 says. It says, You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You know, Jesus began with Jerusalem when He's talking to these people on this hillside. Show that picture of Jerusalem. You know, this is where we're going to end today. You know, Jerusalem was not the home of these disciples. It wasn't where they lived. These were mostly people from Galilee and the country. But it was part of their life, Jerusalem. It was the place that reminded them of who they were, where they came from. Where they came from. It was a, a place filled with history and, and, and memory. It was a living testament to all those stories of people who had gone before them. And what I love is that people from all over the world would come and visit Jerusalem. They would, they would travel, they would make the sacrifice, and they would come seeking hope and redemption and would linger for a chance to hear stories of what God had done and what God was doing. And I tell you, there were plenty of stories. There still are. Each stone had a story to it. What do you think Jesus meant when He says if these people and these children do not sing, the stones will cry out. Even today, you can go over there and you can see the stones. They're telling a story. I tell you, whenever people came to visit, each visitor could be reminded that there was gospel, that there was hope available. And to these disciples, Jerusalem was going to be their training ground. You know, this temple that Herod constructed was magnificent. I could go on, but that would take a while at how beautiful and intricate this temple was. But the years spent traveling to and from this place as it was being constructed, um, years and years for, for traveling to and from Jerusalem for these people to offer their sacrifices, to, to offer their worship. You know, sometimes it probably seemed more mundane and routine than anything. But I think that these disciples would soon realize that all of those trips, all of that investment and participation, it all mattered. Because they were about to realize their purpose and to learn how to live it together for the glory of God. And I believe it's the same thing here. What we do here each week reminds us of our purpose. Turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 10. Now, to set this little passage up, this book was written to a people had, who had begun to to live out their witness to, to a people, in front of a people who weren't really fully ready to hear it. You know, these people were in the thick of it. They were loving people when it, when it cost them. They were sacrificing. They were telling their stories, all while being persecuted. They were having a really difficult time, and, and these people needed one another. So, so they would meet together quite often. 
Not because it was something that they had to do, but they wanted to do it. They needed one another. And some of them would meet daily before or after work. And if, and if, if work was sun up, then these people were getting up well before the sun rose and they would get to this place and they would meet together in homes, in the temple courts, wherever it was. And then when they met, they would remind each other of the stories and, 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 and how they were true. But because of what they were doing and the resistance they were facing each and every day, some of these people became discouraged and and they became afraid. And they withdrew from the group. So with this in mind, hear what the author says in 23. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. You know, this is a plea to these faithful people to remember that being together matters. It's not about attendance. It's not about church attendance. This is about our purpose in being together. We are to be witnesses, not just attenders. This isn't about occupying space for a few hours. Or for them, it wasn't about just going, having a, in their routine, going somewhere before work or after. This is more. This is bigger than that. This is about participation. And it says that they met to spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Now, we're in the middle of West Texas. We know what spurs are. Show that spur picture, right? This is pretty typical, right? It's probably more fancy. Spurs are bigger here. I don't know. Are they bigger in West Texas? Spurs are not pleasant, are they? Now, a better word for this might be to stimulate or to provoke. You could probably say that these would provoke an animal to do something. (laughs) What does it look like to provoke someone to love? To provoke them to do good? You think that's pleasant? (laughs) How many times have you needed to be provoked to do good? thought you were raising your hand there, Jake. Sorry. I have, and I tell you, it is not pleasant. It is not pleasant. But sometimes, man, it's needed, isn't it? And to be able to respond positively whenever somebody provokes you to love and to good deeds, it takes relationship. It takes trust. And my question for us is, do we trust one another? Then it says to encourage one another. You know, these two actions, spurring, encouraging, cannot be done passively. They cannot be done through nearness to one another. I mean, sure, showing up is the first step, right? But is that enough? Show that next picture. What if all the members of a baseball team merely showed up and sat in the dugout? That would be a more of a boring game sometimes wouldn't it i know i love baseball love it but you have to admit sometimes you you're yawning right 
because there are moments when it's just exciting and then it goes back to normal, right? That's what we live for is that exciting moment. When is it going to (laughs) happen? Maybe never. You never know. But imagine if all the baseball team, they just went in the dugout and they didn't even play. They were just watching. What if, what if cheerleaders went out and they just stood on the sidelines or sat in the stands with their uniforms on? I know this is silly, but you get my point. It's the same with us here and now, isn't it? I mean, what happens in this one to two hours on a Sunday? It may seem redundant to some of us. It may seem like it's not really doing much good. But if you look closely, you may see that everything that we do out there is made possible by what happens here when we are together. And how in the world can we spread the gospel out there if we aren't spreading the gospel in here? How in the world can we help feed the poor, care for the widows, the orphans, the fatherless, those people who are single parents? How can we care for them out there if we're not caring for them in here? I'm talking to myself too, folks. How in the world can we care for people if, if we're not caring for one another? And we have people who need spurring on, who need encouragement, who need physical attention right here each and every Sunday. We have a purpose and a mission, and it can only be fulfilled by people who are willing to participate in it together. Go to that next slide. Our elders and our staff and our ministry, we are continually finding ways to pray for you and to attend to you to provide opportunities for all of us to better care for one another you know we're a church who believes in small groups we have several but it's not enough in the fall we're hoping to introduce at least five new groups five brand new groups to offer additional space for members and for visitors Now, I'm a firm believer in small groups. Shelly and I have been doing small groups for over 20 years, and I believe it is a key place for deeper learning, deeper connection, deeper relationship in both adults and student ministry. You know, our students need more huddle leaders. They need more huddle groups. You know, small groups, they're crucial to to the effectiveness of our church family and our community and, and beyond. And, and I know we could use more. We could use more groups, more small group leaders, more huddle groups, more huddle group leaders, more people who are willing to participate. I mean, groups are a great way to enter into this church family. And we know it's hard for new folks to connect here. Sometimes we insiders aren't really looking at things through new eyes. So this coming year, we're hoping to help make this a visitor experience easier, a place that you can really connect with one another. So through our small groups, through our, our, our Sunday evening event that happens here, through different things that we might be able to do on a Sunday morning, how do we help people find a familiar place whenever everything's unfamiliar? You know, we're a warm and friendly church, but, but we don't, definitely don't want it to stop there. We want there to be more. We want people to be noticed and welcomed regardless of who they are, regardless of where they've come from. If someone doesn't make six meaningful connections in the first two to three months of being at a church, they're not going to stay. It's just just fact. 
You know, each new connection that someone makes here is another reason to believe. Am I right? It's another opportunity to hear the gospel. And you know what's so great is I'm excited for people to know you. (laughs) Because I think you're awesome. I mean, I've seen so many of you that, that have such a heart for people. I see you living it out. And when you think about it, Jesus shines in this place. He shines through you, through our teachers, through our adults, through those people who serve each and every Sunday. He shines in our kids. Did you see that? And our adults. You know, God's shining in front of and behind the scene here because he, he is here. And I also know that a lot of people come here each and every week and you struggle because things just haven't worked out like you've wanted it to throughout the week. I know some people come here desperately seeking encouragement and prayer, and sometimes it doesn't seem there's enough time to have either. This coming year, what we're hoping to do is to look to expand some of those opportunities for you to be encouraged, and expanding our Sunday morning prayer time so that you can pray with someone regardless of what time it is. I know some of y'all don't want to wait till the end of the service. You need prayer now. Our hope is that we, at one point in the next couple of months, we will have a space for you to go whatever time of the service it is. You don't have to come all the way to the front. You can go in the back. You can go wherever this place is at any moment during the service and have someone pray and encourage you. You know, our elders don't want anyone to leave here not experiencing God. I don't want that. We have a lot of work to do this year. We have a lot of things we want to do, and I tell you, it starts here. My prayer is that we are able to choose to participate together because what we do here matters. Wherever you sit, (laughs) it matters. So my question for you today is, with this in mind, I want you to prayerfully consider how you are going to participate this year. It doesn't matter if you're skilled, unskilled, if you don't think you have anything to offer, if you think you have everything to offer. God can use you here. And if we work together, there is nothing He will not be able to do through us. Prayerfully consider how you will participate. Prayerfully consider how you will financially participate this year. There are things to do, people to bless, and there's a place for all of us to do it. Because I see that the light of God is bright here. And I'm fully confident that God's going to do some amazing things through this church. I've only been here three or four months, but we love this church. We love you guys. We are blessed and continually humbled by how welcoming and attentive you are. You're great. I'm excited about what this year has to offer. In a moment, when we conclude, our ushers are going to come down. They're going to just pass these plates, and you just put your um, card in that plate. And then after that, we're going to bring them up, and we're going to pray over them. And we're going to thank God for whatever it is He has given us through what it is you are purposing. Because we trust that He is faithful, and that He will remain faithful.
God is good. And I think we're going to have a great year as far as purpose goes because our desire is to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We're going to love our neighbor as ourself and we're going to just watch and see what God has in store for us. Fill those out. They'll be passing those down. And then let's uh, sing. Let's go ahead and sing. Yeah. Let's all stand together.